What's up, bros? I'm Jonathan. And I'm Caleb. And we are a couple bros on a mission to give you guys the most detailed movie reviews out there with as little bias as possible. Welcome to the All Bros. Uh, this week on the podcast, we got nothing for 4K Spotlight. My wallet thanks me yet again. Um, for Through the Wall, we got a uh, trailer that we want to talk about. Uh, newest trailer for the newest Marvel movie coming out in February. So gonna be fun um and then after that we'll be moving on to our headliner of the evening which will be our breakdown of i guess the netflix original film glass onion because isn't it only on netflix that is true i did this get a theatrical release barely it was like for like a week that's, that's kind of what netflix does yeah it's just so the netflix shit is qualifies for awards yep but I mean, it tracks. Yeah. So yeah, I guess you could say a Netflix original. All right, cool. So yeah, that's what we'll be doing for our headliner. So Caleb, what do you say we get started? I say let's do it. Hello, my name is Brucker Nurse, and I want to tell you about my fun horror movie podcast called Autopsy of a Horror Movie. On my show, I like to have fun dissecting out what makes a horror movie scary, what worked for it, what didn't, what types of fears does it play off of. Is it an allegory for any sort of message? I don't know, but let's find out. Also, I like to watch slashers. I'm a big slasher guy, so I'll watch a slasher and do a kill grade for it. I will cover the kills and I will tell you how I would grade it based on shock, method, style points, and a fourth category that is a reflection of the movie. Besides those, I'll have fun with special topic episodes, commentary tracks, interviews with guests, including some Shutter directors, so I just like to have a fun time over here. If any of this sounds interesting to you or you just want to come check me out, please head over to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere they listen to podcasts and search for Autopsy of a Horror Movie. Also be sure to find me on Instagram, at Brucker Horror, where you get fun updates and some cool little posts that I do. Thanks for listening, and I hope that you get to enjoy the show, and I'll see you on Instagram. Bye. Alright, so like I said, we're skipping 4K Spotlight because we ain't got shit to talk about when it comes to new movies coming out. Um, so moving on to Through the Wall, we got our second uh, official trailer for Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. And... <laughs> Dude, this movie's this gonna look. freaking... S- s- uh, I don't want to say it's gonna suck, but it's not gonna feel good. It's not... It's been, yeah, the line that like just really sends it home is uh, when um, Kang's just like, you can't win. And Scott's just like, oh, I know. I just have to make sure that we both lose. <laughs> I'm just like, damn. Dude, there were so many freaking heavy hitting quotes in this movie. Holy shit. Damn right. Oh, First off, Kang is going to scare the ever-living daylights out of me. <laughs> Fair. He is so freaking intimidating, dude. Jonathan, may, may, is it Majors or Mayors? Majors. Majors. Yeah, he is freaking killing it in this role. Yeah. Oh, damn. It... <sighs> the motivations seem like they're there like i don't know exactly what kang is wanting scott to go and heist so i i'm pretty sure that's just going to be like a secret 
for yeah. for now. But we know that what he's doing this heist for is to basically like reclaim some of the time that he lost with Cassie because now Cassie's like a lot older. She's going through some struggles and stuff. And so he wants that time back to maybe bring her up and into who she was supposed to be and not this troublemaker of a kid. And totally get it. Like absolutely get that, that motivation. Just like if I could go, like if someone could offer me more time with my kid, absolutely. Like no freaking hesitation. So it makes sense that he would make a deal like this. Um, but it's it seems like it, it goes south, and like I said, this is not going to fill us with the warm fuzzies like any no, other Marvel it movie. Is not. No, it is not. Um, but I feel the one thing that we got to talk about: Modok. You mean Mister Electric? <laughs> yeah, I was just about to say that. AKA Mister Electric. <laughs> I want to thank whoever made that comparison because now I can't get that out of my damn head. Someone made a mistake. Yeah, because if you watch this trip, because I didn't even notice it until um, someone posted the picture on Facebook, but there is a quick glimpse that you can see Modoc unmas unmat. Is it even unmasked? Ugh. I Technically, it's unmasked. Okay. okay. Um. Because when he when he has the mask on, he looks really cool. Like Modok, I actually really like the design for Modok. Um, but uh, yeah, when you actually get to see who's playing um, Tart, who is uh, George? What's his last name? Tarlin or something like that. I don't know. Um, I'll look it up. When real you quick. get to see who actually is behind Modok, um, yeah, it looks like shit. It is not good. <laughs> like, like we said, it's give, it really gives off Mr. Electric vibes from uh, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. Yeah. Um, and that's not a good thing. Someone made a mistake. Yeah. Like a bad one. <laughs> um, so hopefully uh, it looks a lot better in the movie. I don't know if they need to go back and uh, fix that. Uh, they might want to hurry up because they only got a little over a month until a uh, release date. Um, so yeah, um, I re- <laughs> I don't know what else to say besides he looks like freaking Mister Electric, dude. He they made they made a horrible mistake. It, if they were going to do the face, like I actually would have been perfectly okay had they just done the robot face. Like, if they yeah. wanted to go that route. Like, is it accurate to the comic? No. But does it make sense? Yes. The fact that they went full Mr. Electric on this aggravates the ever-living shit out of me. Like, you you couldn't even, like, dis- like distort his face a little bit. Right? Like, Modoc's supposed to look like a freak. Like, this just looks like a big-ass screen of someone's head. Like, you just zoomed in too close to someone's head. Like, I feel that Marvel's Avengers, the game, did a lot wrong. But when it comes to MODOK, I feel that is one thing that they did right. MODOK looked freaking great in that movie. Not movie, goddammit, game. Um, 
So I wish they would have taken a uh, page out of that book um, and like tried to do something like kind of like that. Not exactly the same, but like, you know, like give give it their own little uh, spin. But having that in mind, not this freaking shit. Dude, I'm looking at a picture of it right now and it does not. It just it's seriously just a stretched out face. Like, Ugh. that's seriously all it is. It's just some. They took the face. Like, I bet you they have like a three dimen like a three dimensional camera, so they can get like the full like shape of the the front of the head, and then they just clipped it on, and then they just like stretched the face out to fit, because everything like all of his features are stretched out. But that's not what Modok needs to look like. <laughs> Apparently, a lot of people are saying that Modoc is uh, Yellow Jacket, the a- the actor that played Yellow Jacket. That's what some people are speculating. There's a mild like, and this is just like beyond mild uh, similarity between them. That was, if you remember, that was actually my theory. For for Modoc, yeah, I do remember that. So I'm going to be like all types of hyped if that like comes to fruition. Um, but it looks so freaking bad. It's not good. It, looks like it is not good. <laughs> uh, what were they thinking? That's all they, I, say. I think they needed to go full comic accuracy. If they were if they were going to do a face, they needed to go full accuracy with it. Yeah, I I can definitely agree with that. Like, <laughs> you need to go as f- as far as freaking doing like just the shrunken down like tiny eyes, big mouth, just big ass freaking forehead, and like just the whole nine freaking yards. If you if. As opposed to this shit. But I I will say, the one thing I am very excited for are the jokes that I'm a, a, I am feel in my heart that Scott's going to have for Modoc. Yeah. Like, have they, have you checked out the cast list at all to see if, like, that it has been confirmed at all? If that is he, he's playing Modoc? So, Darren Cross is the actor for Yellow Jacket, and he's rumored... They do not have an official cast for Modoc yet. Damn. That sucks. Okay. But like I said, the similarities are there. They really are. Like, honestly, if it's not him, I'm actually going to be very shocked. Yeah. So, uh, I, I, I don't know how I f- feel about that. Like, hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully they do something to make it look better, because like you said, it looks yeah. like like dog shit. <laughs> um, it's just his face is too clean. Like this is not what I like imagine when I think of Modok. Like, like I said, you just needed to go balls to the wall and just go full freaking accuracy when it came to Modok, like where. He, 90% of his face is his mouth and tiny little squinty yellow glowing eyes or something along those lines. Like, it's like seriously anything but this. 
Dude, straight up. Um, actually, I want to. There is actually what I would have preferred them to do. Okay, I want you to go on Google real quick and search Doctor Who, the face of Bo. This is exactly what I feel they should have modeled Modok after. Obviously, clean it up, maybe bring the eyes in a little bit closer, but just something along these lines. Ooh, yeah. I can definitely agree with you on that one. Right? Yeah, that would look really good. Yeah, so for those of you Doctor Who fans, if you know the face of Bo, that's what Modok should have been. At least, like, the the face model. Like, that's that's what you should have worked off of and not done just that abomination. Hopefully, he's in his mask most of the time. Yeah, dude, seriously. <laughs> Pray. We're, we're praying. We're praying for this shit. That's when I want yeah. to know that. Um, but anyway, the everything else, though, I am really surprised at how well they adapted Kang's mask. Yeah, dude, straight up. It looks so good. Yeah. Like, the fact that he, it's just like a blue light shield or whatever, like a covering instead of like a blue face. Yeah. Is, that was just chef's kiss inspired. Yeah, it it completely works. Yeah, and then just the freaking powerhouse that is Kang. <laughs> like, he is just an intimidating villain, and I'm so excited to see what they do with him. Like, this is, this is like, probably my most anticipated film. Because That's this fair. is this is this is gonna set the tone for what's gonna come with everything else. Like with the future Avengers movie, with Secret Wars, with like everything. Like this is gonna set that tone. Like we got a little bit of a teaser with Loki and like the man who I don't know, the man who lived, I guess, or whatever the hell his name is. But we got a little bit of a of a of a vibe with that. But Kang is going to be like the definitive. Like this is how Kang is. Yeah. So I am very very excited to see what they what they do with this one. Me too. And seriously, as soon as tickets go on sale, I'm probably going to be getting mine. Hell yeah. Love it. Um, all right. Out of ten, what's your excitement level? Honestly, Modok maybe brought me down to like a nine and a half. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I'd say I'm a solid nine. Completely fair, dude. Completely fair, dude. But like there was definitely agree with Modok. Yeah, subtract Modok from this. I'm solid ten. And it's mostly because of like the lines that Kang has, like, oh, dude, so oh, like, tell, <laughs> yeah, just 
the, that whole like I don't need to win like we just both need to lose and then the whole like Kang being like you don't want her to see this I'm like oh shit yeah <laughs> you're like damn like oh no <laughs> like Ant-Man's gonna get his face stomped <laughs> yeah dude seriously yeah so this is gonna be a, a tough movie I hope they d- my only hope, and it's not a super high bar, is that it's better than Thor: Love and Thunder. If it's if it's not, I'm going to be very shocked. Yeah, it, it feels like they're going for a, a darker tone, and I appreciate the hell out of that. Yeah, as do I. Especially for a character like Ant Man, where we had like nothing but lightheartedness from him, and then That's it's true. just taking like just a really dark turn and it's oh so pumped <laughs> uh so yeah all right well i'd say uh that covers our uh through the wall uh what do you say we move on to our headliner of the evening i say let's do it So before we get into our headliner of this uh, week, uh, we did ask a question of the week for this uh, breakdown. And uh, Caleb, do you have the answers for that? Yes, I do. Um, If you follow us on Instagram and TikTok, um, I posted a question of the week for everyone. And our question was, uh, in relation to Glass Onion, who has been your favorite on-screen uh, Sherlock-esque type character? Um, and so, uh, we only got two responses. <laughs> uh, the first one is from MovieGuy962, who says, Do Neighbors 1 and 2. <laughs> Um, and for those of you that are confused, yeah, we do uh, mini recommendations, and so he's just suggesting that we do those movies as mini recs. Dude, I I totally remember that um, kind of a Sherlock s uh, mystery. Yeah, really reminded me more of like Watson. It really wasn't more like Sherlock Holmes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was our first response. <laughs> Um, the next one we got is from OFC, who said, and this is one that I actually had to, like, look up. Mm, It says, Helen, because she was the most sane person on the island other than Ben. And so, for for those of you that are confused, Helen is a character from the movie Lost, or from the TV show Lost. Yeah, I, I was completely confused. Never seen that show, so neither have I. That's why I had to look it up. I I read it, and Braille made a comment about like, oh, from Lost, and I looked it up, and it was absolutely from Lost. Oh, I'll be damned. <laughs> so I was like, oh, all right. I uh, don't know why you needed to bring Lost into this, but whatever. <laughs> so I guess yeah. she must have been some sort of, uh. 
Sherlock esque or detective esque character. So sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are the only two responses that we got. Uh, so yeah, if you guys want to answer our next question of the week, um, be sure to follow us on TikTok and Instagram, where we will post that. When do we post those? Sunday? I don't Sounds know. Right. Yeah. I'll put po- yeah, we'll post those on Sunday. Uh a couple days before we record our, our next episode. So yeah. Anyway, so thank you to Movie Guy nine six two and OFC. Alright, well, what do you say we get into this breakdown of Glass Onion? Say let's do it. Okay, I think I already asked that. Sorry. Um, yeah, you did, huh? <laughs> son of son of a bitch. Anyway, uh, Caleb, do you want to let our folks out there know how we break down movies on this podcast? I would love to. If you are new to our breakdown system, uh, we have split movies into eight different categories that we individually score to come to a final All Bros letter grade. The eight categories that we score are story, writing, acting, character development, effects, music, costumes, and then we give it our own personal score at the very end. All of those numbers get spat through our algorithm and give us a letter grade to compare this movie to others of a similar grade, as well as a percentage so we can see what the official ranking of these movies are. Uh, so, if you have not seen Glass Onion, it is available for streaming right now on Netflix, so please do yourself a favor and go check this movie out, because Rose is about to spoil the whole thing for you. And, and if you considering... listen... Sorry. What? Uh, no, I was just going to say, especially considering this is like a murder mystery and you don't want to know who who done it, yeah, stop listening to this if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, so, if you listen past this point and anything is spoiled for you, it's your own fault. Yep, we're not the assholes here. Yep, you are. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. During the COVID-19 pandemic in May 2020, yeah, when this movie started, I'm like, oh, flashback. (laughs) Oh my gosh, dude. That was rough. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> straight, straight up. Uh, all right, yeah. So, like I said, during the COVID nineteen pandemic in May two thousand twenty, Miles Braun, a billionaire co-founder of technology company Alpha, hosts a murder mystery game at his Glass Onion mansion on his private island in Greece. He invites five friends: Alpha head scientist Lionel Toussaint, Connecticut Governor Claire DeBella, controversial fashion designer Bertie J, men's rights streamer Duke Cody, and out. Ousted, sorry, Alpha co-founder Cassandra Andy Brand, famous detective Benoit Blanc. It's Benoit, right? That's how you say, isn't that how you say his name? Benoit. Yeah, I guess. Okay. Does B E N O I T? Does that sound like Benoit? Yes. <laughs> I want to look up like pronunciation real quick. Okay. Um. Yeah, so him, 
uh, who is also invited, joins the group along with Birdie's assistant, Peg, and Duke's girlfriend, Whiskey. Benoit. Be- so, Ben... Sorry, say it one more time. At least that's what this video is telling me. It's Benoit. Benoit? Yeah, but ben- okay. I feel like that sounds... Yeah, Benoit. Benoit, Benoit Blanc. Ben- okay, Benoit Blanc. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to start that sentence. <laughs> that sounds dirty. <laughs> Benoit. No, so, like, hold, hold, <laughs> hold up. Yeah. So, the reason... It, it, <laughs> it, it's an unfortunate name. <laughs> oh, God. Because Benoit, or B-N-O, or B-E-N-O-I-T... Um, that's how it's pronounced, but it like reminds me of like Benoit balls. <laughs> Which do you, do you know what those are? I don't. You... <laughs> I I how do I explain this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna pause real quick because I, I I'm too embarrassed to do this on like while recording, but I'm gonna like. I'm going to pause, explain it to you, and then, like, immediately hit record. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> what in the actual fuck? <laughs> it's for exercise purposes, Rose. <laughs> No, I know it is. But I don't know why. I guess the way that you explained it was really freaking funny. Because <laughs> he so, seems like so ashamed to say it. I, it's just one of. It's, it's not ashamed. It's more embarrassed. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> wow. Stu- someone's gonna get mad at me that I didn't record what I said. <laughs> Probably. I'm going Probably to catch DJ. help for. It. Probably DJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or Sam, I bet. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> One of those. Or maybe both. Probably both. Yeah, both is always good. Anyway, Detective Blanc. <laughs> no, no, famous Detective, famous detective Bonnois. But I I effed it up already. Okay, no. Okay, yeah. Famous detective Blanc, who is also invited, joins the group along with Bertie's assistant Peg and Duke's girlfriend Whiskey. Miles questions Blanc's presence, but lets him stay, assuming another guest invited him as a joke. Blanc overhears Peg confront Miles over a PR statement he wants Bertie to release, and sees Duke watch Whiskey in bed with Miles. Before dinner, Miles shows off the Mona Lisa, which he loaned, which he loaned from the Louvre. Lu- Wow, Louvre, Louvre, the Louvre. Oh my God, I really effed that up. From the Louvre, and reveals that the glass onion is powered by Clear, a hydrogen ba- hydrogen-based alternative fuel that Alpha will launch Im- imminently, despite Lionel's and Claire's safety concerns. Blanc solves Miles' murder mystery game immediately. That I freaking loved that so much that he just freaking ruins the whole thing. And literally, the cherry on top after he explains, like, you know, wh- who done it, why they did it, motive, everything. 
the freaking arrow that was supposed to be the reasoning why he dies just shoots out and hits the <laughs> freaking hits him and you see like the fake blood go everywhere <laughs> so freaking great Oh, man. Dude, if there was anyone to ever sell that as good as they did, it was freaking Edward Norton. <laughs> yeah, seriously, though. Like, he just kind of had, like, uh, uh, screw you, just, like, trying to keep a good, like, a good, happy face on. Just, like, mm. yeah. Like, I hate you. And then, <laughs> but, and then the, the freaking Dar we... just, like, it's just so anticlimactic, too. Just... And then, psh, psh. all freaking also the fact that what he calls him up into like the glass onion, and um, you know they're talking, and he mentions uh, like the lady who wrote the story, and uh, um, oh my god, Blanc Blanc's just like, oh yeah, she yeah she's very good at what she does, and he's just like, yeah, she's also very expensive. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So, uh, so Blanc privately warns a disgruntled Miles that he's giving his guests a genuine opportunity to actually kill him. Andy storms off after an argument while Miles and Blanc rejoin the guests. When Duke collapses and dies after drinking from Miles' glass, the panicking group suspects Andy. After the group discovers Duke's pistol is missing, the power goes out and everyone splits up in the chaos. Blanc finds Andy, but an unseen assailant shoots her. Blanc gathers the rest of the group and announces that he has solved Andy's murder. An extended flashback shows that Andy died, supposedly by suicide, a week before the trip, and her twin sister, Helen, hired Blanc to investigate her death. At Alpha, Andy hacked Clear's development for being unsafe, so Miles had her removed as CEO. This maneuver was supported by their friends, perjuring themselves in court by testifying that Miles single-handedly sketched out the plan for Alpha years ago on a napkin. Andy later rediscovered the original napkin, which was written by her, and emailed the group a photo of the evidence. With the napkin now missing, Helen suspects that someone in the group killed Andy and took the napkin to gain favor with Miles. With Andy's death yet to be pub publicized, Blanc had Ellen pose as Andy at Miles' party, helping him investigate. Helen helps Blanc discover motives for Miles' friends to protect Miles from Andy. Lionel and Claire have stalked their reputation on Clear. Miles is... Wow, sorry. <sighs> Lionel and Claire have stalked their reputation on Clear. Miles is financially rescuing Bertie from the fallout of employing child labor. And Duke is using whiskey to seduce Miles in exchange for Duke joining Alpha News. Helen also discovers that Miles' friends visited Andy's home the day she died. Helen disrupts the party so she can search the guest rooms, but she does not find the napkin. When Helen is shot, Andy's journal in her pocket pocket stops the bullet, but Blanc feigns her death so that she can secretly search Miles' office. Yeah, can we freaking talk about the freaking Renner hot sauce? Oh my gosh, Like, dude. that was... The, the, you know, with everything that happened with Jeremy Renner, I'm just like, I had no idea that the man made his own hot sauce. Like... Is that is real? I think it is. Okay, you know what? Let's find. I gotta know because, like, honestly, it's amazing what Jeremy Renner has has done for his like when it comes to like business practices. Because I mean, freaking guy is like actually like made music too, and the guy can actually sing. Like, yeah, like I knew about the music career. I'm just like, does he? Did he get into hot sauce, or is that just something for this? I don't think it is. Ah, oh, lame. Damn it. No, it's not. Oh, I would totally buy some Jeremy Renner hot sauce. 
That's and say maybe that's the joke. Maybe he like Jeremy Renner actually like hates hot sauce. <laughs> it could be. Um, but yeah, that 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 was freaking hilarious. That that's what they uh freaking use for it. Um, sorry, got to get back to the plot really quickly. Um. Okay, Blanc reveals that Miles committed the murders. Miles killed Andy after learning she had the napkin, but Duke saw Miles' car leaving her house. When news of Andy's death is finally released online during the party, Duke realizes that Miles was responsible and attempted to blackmail him to get on Alpha News. This prompts Miles to poison him, exploiting his allergy to pineapple and to snatch Duke's pistol, with, with which he shot Helen. Helen locates Andy's original napkin in Miles' office and reveals herself to the group. However, Miles burns the napkin, eliminating the evidence against him. Helen begs Miles' friends to testify against him, but they seemingly refuse. Blanc tells Helen that without, the, without evidence, he is powerless, but secretly passes clear to her. In cathartic anger, Helen destroys Miles' glass, glass sculptures, with Miles' friends joining in. Helen lights a bonfire and throws clear into it, the explosion destroys the glass onion. Finally, Helen exposes the Mona Lisa to the fire. Realizing the painting's destruction will reveal that Clear is dangerous, ruining Miles, the group decides to testify against him for his crimes. At the beach, Helen and Blanc watch the police boats arrive. Oh man, dude, this was freaking good. It really was. I love that it is nothing like the first Knives Out. Um, And I know... I don't think Ryan Johnson ever wanted them compared, considering that he was actually pissed at Netflix that they added uh, the subtitle A Knives Out Mystery. Isn't that what the subtitle is? Yeah. I I would be upset, too. Um... So yeah, I I don't blame him because yeah, like you can definitely tell that um he didn't want anything, he didn't want Knives Out associated with this murder mystery because they are completely different. Yeah, it, it's tough too because like with a story like this, like where it is two different stories, like you got to think too, like. Murder on the Orient Express versus how not our Death on the Nile did are like night and day. And it's because they like if you hadn't gone to see Murder on the Orient Express, you wouldn't have known that it was kind of a tie in in a way to Murder on the Orient Express. True. So it, it I think maybe that was something that Netflix was like holding on to, like, oh, people aren't gonna know Glass Onion is tied to Knives Out because people really like Knives Out. So we want something connecting Knives Out to Glass Onion. Yeah. So, like, you can understand the motivation on Netflix's side, but I also understand whatever uh, feelings uh, Ryan Johnson has. I mean, it sucks. Like, don't get me wrong. It freaking blows, but... It makes sense. I think maybe that. I wonder how the movie would have done had that tagline not been there. Yeah, it would have been interesting. It would have been definitely very interesting to see. Um, but looking past that, this is a really freaking good murder mystery. Like, goddamn, dude! I 
I told you, I take back every bad thing that I've ever said about Ryan Johnson. I under like I understand that he was working against the grain when it came to Star Wars now. <laughs> the and we talked about this, like uh I agree with Caleb, but I don't take back about every uh bad thing that I've said about Ryan Johnson because he definitely shouldn't have been handed the uh freaking uh Star Wars movie that was in the main timeline. Um, it should have been like a, uh, like not associated with the Skywalker saga kind of thing, like Andor, something like that, that where it's like a brand new character that was in a spinoff, but you can definitely take, um, creative liberties of where you want to take the character because there's no established, um, story when it comes to their character. Dude, Um, you know who he, Ryan Johnson would be perfect to write a story for would be uh balls what's his name i have a very specific person in mind <laughs> um on who he thrawn that's his name he would be perfect to write a story for grand admiral thrawn so i know you're not like super into star wars anyone that is into star wars will know exactly who i'm talking about but just like for you, Admiral Thrawn is a master strategist. He is always okay. like one or two steps ahead of everyone at all times. Like he's a master combatant. And I would love to see an adaptation of his story coming up into the Empire. Okay. Because he starts off on this planet kind of as a more or less a savage, uh, like a hunter, right? And he's able to like take out all of these Empire goons, and the Empire takes notice, take him, and teach him like teach him the ways of the Empire, I guess. And then he is like starts working for the Empire to protect his planet. Hmm. Okay. And go like goes up the ranks and becomes like the the top freaking dog. Like just underneath like Vader and the Emperor. Shit, okay. Like it, it's it's some crazy shit. And I think Ryan Johnson would be perfect to tell his story. Like, which, just how well he's able to craft a story and just kind of keep you guessing and make you think, like, oh, he doesn't know this bit of information or this bit of information, but when, in fact, he has, like, all these these cards at play. Yeah. So I I think he'd be perfect for a a Thrawn project. All right. Um, But, yeah, like like we said, main storyline... Not for him. <laughs> no. But anyway, um, this story was just so masterfully crafted. And it was told in such a good way that kind of kept you on your toes. Where you think you know what what's going on. And it just like switches your perspective on a dime. Oh, yeah, dude, when they revealed the whole, like, Andy wasn't actually Andy, it was her twin sister, I'm like, the fuck? 
Like, yeah. My mouth was wide open. Oh, my gosh. When they made that reveal, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, and someone shot her. And then they just, like, they do a whole thing from from Helen's perspective, and then it's like, oh, she's actually alive. I'm like, freaking A. Like, I, w- I was pumped, dude. Yeah. Like, I was all types of pumped. Like, the story up until, like, the reveal that Andy was actually dead and Helen, it was her twin sister, like, was really interesting. And I'm just like, oh, like, kind of like a whodunit situation. I did have a feeling, though, once we got into, like, the Helen stuff, that it was uh, Miles. Yeah, I can definitely agree with you I think they didn't do a super good job at hiding that. Um, I will say that that's, I feel when it comes to like hiding who did it, the first night, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to compare this one to Knives Out, but just, I feel when, when it comes to like hiding who the killer was, that one did a little bit of a better job. Um, because like up until we actually find out it was Chris Evans character, I, I honestly had no idea. That blew me out of the freaking water when it is revealed that it was him. Yeah, I mean, we had our suspicions, and it was just because he was a asshole character. Fair, but I think that I was the know. big giveaway. But I think, yeah, there was something really where it was. It. Yeah, I think it was just easier to tell what was going on. But regardless of whether you knew who it was or not, the the ride that. Ryan Johnson's able to take us on to get to that point is really fun. And I feel like this movie has way more watchability than Knives Out does. I can absolutely agree with you on that one. Like I'm yeah, I'm probably gonna watch this one again this coming week or this week. Yeah. Like I I don't know how Brielle enjoyed Knives Out, but if she enjoyed it, I think I'm gonna try and get her to watch this one yeah you should yeah i think she'd really enjoy it but it it's such a good time like and really everyone is. did an amazing job so i mean we'll get into that with with acting but still really solid job from everyone involved and right like i said ryan johnson just a master craftsman with this story he really is. He knows how to put together and tell a really good murder mystery. Yeah. It, like he does he Like he it's he knows when to make the big reveals of stuff. Yes, absolutely. Like with the first knives out, he he knew when we needed to know that Detective Blanc knew that that whatever her name was did or was a witness to the suicide. Yeah. Um. And then, like, same thing here. It's like he the second we got to a point where we're like, oh shit, like shit's gone down. Is when he's like, all right, now, boom, hit you with this, like, this haymaker of of information. Like, it wasn't really Andy. It was her twin sister. And we're just, oh, shit, but she's dead. And then, boom, nope, no, she's not. <laughs> and you're just like, yes. 
Like, <laughs> oh, l- loved it. Absolutely freaking loved it. Same. So, where are you sitting with uh, with the story? I'm really freaking high because, like, I can... Like, I told Caleb after I uh, finished watching it, like, I can completely understand why it was his number one movie of last year. And honestly, I th- I probably liked the story better than the, the first Knives Out. Like, this is a really good murder mystery. Um, so... Yeah, I'll be at a 93. Damn, that's exactly where I was. Hell yeah. So good. Um, Get into writing. The dialogue for this was killer. It, It really was. Especially the writing for Daniel Craig's character, Benoit. Um shit blanc sorry apologies um <laughs> just i don't know the way that ryan johnson writes this character is just amazing of how like he explains you know like oh uh this person did it this is why they did it this is how they they hit it everything he does it so well to where it absolutely makes sense and the audience doesn't get lost yeah it <sighs> it's just, like i said it's just it's a master at work here. He keeps us in the dark as long as we need to be. Yep. And then boom, like here you go, here's a little bit more information. Like, oh no, like cuz like we were like we said we go through like a bunch of different emotions. So it's like going forward and then we're just like it's super tense to figure out what's going to happen to Andy. Boom, Andy's dead. And, like, everyone's kind of in a panic and, and whatnot. And then we get that reveal. And then we're just, like, sitting there. Like, while they were doing the whole Helen backstory, I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, Helen's dead. Like, I like I had a hard time, like, trying to get attached to her. And not, like, in a bad way. Like, I wanted to be attached. But I'm like, I know you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and then that turned out to be false. And so... I, it just the f- shifted my expectations a lot, and I think that that has a lot to do with how well this was written. Yeah, um, the fact that uh, like it opens with all the rest of the guests like solving that puzzle and everything of like getting the actual invitation, and then <laughs> she, it it was her right. It wasn't her sister that destroyed it. Uh. No, Helen destroyed it. Okay. Okay, so okay, so it was Helen. But the fact that she, she takes a hammer and just, <laughs> just freaking just destroys the box. She's like, I, I ain't freaking doing this freaking uh stupid puzzle shit. <laughs> you know what? I don't blame you. Cause that shit looks freaking complicated, and I'm not gonna do that shit just to get a freaking invitation. I know it's to Greece. Greece is a beautiful place to vacation at, but is it worth it going through that? Like that for, I mean, I don't know how like all together, how long it took them to get that shit done, but like, yeah, no F that. I I ain't got the mental capacity for that shit. That is something that I really appreciated. Um, as like we went down the story because 
we have a bunch of people like um the scientist Lionel talking about how how Miles works that he's just kind of a a genius and whatever and then we get this puzzle box so it just kind of adds to the mystique of him like oh my gosh like this is a really complicated box and yeah. it's not until later that we kind of get that that twist like oh he didn't really do it he hired someone to make the boxes yeah it's true and then again like he hired someone to make these stories and it's it's so subtle like a lot of these things that you could pick up on like the whole like i really loved how it was mis his misuse of words and that like kind of set um blanc off and it was just like oh this dude's freaking stupid <laughs> yes yeah that was freaking great yeah and what was funny too i okay i didn't like fully grasp one like like i didn't like realize like oh that's like like that's the wrong word for that or whatever like he said something where it was it was one of the ones in the flashback where he like said something and i like i remember during that scene i was just like i don't know if that's the right word and then it like moved moved on and like completely forgot about it completely spaced it just one of those little details that like i almost caught (laughs) yeah (laughs) but then i got distracted by whatever the hell was happening and it's it was so good and all the like the little subtleties like the flashbacks like i loved how through the perspective like oh when everyone's like recalling what happened to uh with duke and drinking the the mango or pineapple or whatever he like when he's talking about it he's just like oh i put it down i put my drink down and he must have accidentally picked it up and everyone's just like okay is that really what you saw and then it like plays back and it's him putting the drink in duke's hand and he had he had me fooled yeah dude that was a thing that i like I paused and I was like, nuh uh. Because I remember him putting his drink down and I went back. Sure as shit. Like, you see him clear as day, put the drink in Duke's hand. I'm like, shit. <laughs> Damn. Like, clear as freaking day, dude. It was, it boggled my mind how <laughs> subtle that little detail was. That's freaking awesome. Like, he. Ryan Johnson just did an amazing job with this. Like, he really did. Just tricking you everywhere and making you like question your own reality. Dude, straight up. Straight up. And then like just the, the dialogue itself was, was freaking hilarious. Like, I loved when uh, Detective Blanc was doing his whole monologue and talking like, yeah, it took me a minute to figure out what happened, but turns out Miles is just stupid. Like, he's misusing words, he's hired people to do everything, no no idea of his is original, and then he's, like, sitting there talking, and he's just like, yeah, the only, like, the lights, and he's like, son of a bitch, you stole that from me! 
And like the way that he's talking, and I loved how Birdie was just like, it's so stupid, it's brilliant. No, it's just plain dumb. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I loved it so much. So great. I loved how aggravated he was. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> oh. Dude, and there were a lot of things about about this movie that I really liked. Like I I really liked how when they were trying to build tension between the group when they were all like before any like murder stuff or whatever, how they were talking inside and it was like after the whole tour and showing like oh yeah like a freaking phone beep sets off this this gated protection for the Mona Lisa or or whatever and he's um like everyone just kind of getting really tense and just building up this this anger and how it's just you get like little conversations and then you get like it's the louder the group yelling becomes but then like you'll hear dings and then you'll hear the like the shutting of the 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 whatever you want to call it, the thing that was holding the Mona Lisa, and like it's how just you a glass can case. yeah, it was just the glass shutting, and how like every time a phone dinged, you hear that, and it's just building up and up and up, and it it was like getting me like worked up too. I was just like, like I was on edge. Honestly, if that, honestly, if that kept happening, and I was there, I'd be like, please, people, put him on vibrate. Yeah, but it's just, it's one of those things. It just like builds that tension in you, and you're just like, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, he's, like I said, you're, you're getting worked up. Like, so freaking smart to do that because yeah. it's like, I, I love when people like Ryan Johnson to build suspense or build like that feeling of anxiety in you. They make the movie like chaotic and that's exactly what he was doing he was building chaos and the whole mona lisa was just adding to it and you're just like oh (laughs) yeah so i again i think this was just masterfully crafted agreed so where are you sitting with writing i you know what i'm gonna actually be a point higher 94. I'm actually a couple points higher, so I'm sitting at okay. 95. Nice. I like it. All right, next up we got acting. Um, so going through the cast list, we have Daniel Craig, who played Detective Benoit Blanc. We have Edward Norton, who plays Miles Braun. We have Janelle Monet who plays Andy Brand, Andy slash Helen Brand. Uh, Catherine Hahn, who plays Claire DeBella. Leslie Odom Jr., who plays Lionel Toussaint. Kate Hudson, who plays Bertie J. Dave Batista, who plays Duke Cody. Jessica Henwick, who plays Peg. And Madeline Klein, who plays Whiskey. And then I don't think there's anyone else. 
I mean, there were other like extras and stuff, but no one else of note. Yeah. So I'm just going to assume that Daniel Craig was your number one. Oh, dude, not even close. All right, so let's do top four then. Okay. So obviously we know Daniel Craig was the best. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, dude, his southern accent is the shit. It is. He pulls it <laughs> off so flawlessly. I love it so much. He's just got that like that Cajun dialect down to a science. Yeah, he does. Oh god, I love him for it. Dude, like you know, I, something that like kind of I will say kind of sucks about being an action hero like Daniel Craig is with his 007 movies. You don't get to see how funny he is. That's true. That is very true. Like, Daniel Craig has such a cool personality about him. Like, he's constantly surprising me with shit that he does. Like, this role I thought was, like, completely out there for him as an actor. Um, But I've seen him in, a, like, a, a car commercial where he's, like, dancing and rocking out. Oh, well, like, while awesome. he's walking. And then there's another character in... Uh, Logan Lucky. It's uh with Adam oh, Driver. Yeah. Have you seen that? I haven't, but no, I don't Great movie. Yeah. Great okay. movie. It is the funniest shit. Like the only complaint I have about that movie is maybe Channing Tatum wasn't the the perfect call for okay. for the role that he played, but it worked out amazingly. So in that movie Daniel Craig plays like plays an, uh, an inmate that specializes in building bombs. All right, I love it. And it's just like a bunch of hillbillies trying to pull off a heist. And it's freaking nuts. It. Like they send these these guys off to set off a bomb. Yeah. And so they get all the ingredients and the dudes like they're sitting so they're trying to blow up this little like generator building. And so th they send off these like these freaking hicks and they're reading the instructions and they're like, all right, pour A into B. And then he pours it in and he's like, now pour B into C. He does it. And now C into D pours it. And then he's like, and run. And then he like sits there for a second and he's like, run. And he like looks at the at the jar and it's starting to like bubble and he's like, oh shit! And then th throws the <laughs> the jar in and like takes off. <laughs> it is the funniest shit ever. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, if you haven't seen it, when by the time you come to visit, that's definitely one of the movies we're watching. <laughs> okay, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, but anyway, Spe like getting back speaking to speaking of like. Okay, yeah. No, 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 no go, go, go. No, no, no. I was just gonna, speaking of like like funny shit that I got to show you. Have you ever heard of a uh, Precious Plum on a uh, College Humor? Precious Plum? Yeah. They they it's on YouTube. That sounds familiar. 
It's like a parody of uh, Here Comes Honey Boo Boo. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Dude, it's funniest shit ever. The funny, I swear this is the funniest joke in the whole show, is when the little girl, well, I mean, she's like a 30-year-old, I think, playing a little girl, and she's like practicing, and her mom like has her do the splits, and the little girl's just like, ow, mommy, that hurts my pussy, and the mom's just like, well, now we're even. <laughs> <laughs> funny shit ever that is fantastic <laughs> right <It's> like, <laughs> freaking comedic gold that is such a great joke oh man anyway sorry to get off tangent but i just had i just had to tell you that before i forgot that yeah i gotta show you some of those while i'm out there too they're like yeah. short like two three minute episodes yeah um but yeah, anyway, what I was saying, like, I don't feel like Daniel Craig gets to show off his fun personality that much. So it's nice seeing him being able to. Agreed. Um, so who would your two, three, and four be? So two, I would definitely give to Edward Norton. Freaking, I love him as a bad guy. He's so good. He's such a dick, but I love it. It's because I hear he's a dick in in real life. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So this is perfect for him. This 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 is perfect for Norton. Um, so yeah, he'd be my number two. Uh, number three, I would give to Janelle Monet. Um, especially the, <laughs> the freaking like tantrum that she has at the uh, end, where she's just freaking breaking every single glass sculpture, um, and just. I feel like the scene that like really drove uh, it home for her being my number three was the scene with her and uh, Daniel Craig uh, at his at his um, apartment, um, and just I feel like she really conveyed a lot of emotions with talking about her sister, talking about how her fr her so called friends weren't even friends; they were all shit people. Um, really, really good scene. Um, so that's why she's my number three. And then number four, I would give to Catherine Hahn. Uh, I love her in every single thing that she's in, and this was no different. She was fantastic, and um, loves loved watching her on screen whenever she was on. So that's my top four. Nice. <clears throat> All right, my number two. I'm probably going to give to Janelle Monet. Um, I think her ability to play two different people was fantastically done. Like she completely sold the the dual personality. Like especially when they when she flipped over to. Like being all southern, I was just like, "What the shit? <laughs> like, yeah, is right? happening here?" And <laughs> it was nuts, like how how well she like completely changed. Like she did so good at just like flipping personalities. Like I thought it was two separate actresses, dude. Right? That's how good she was. She did amazing. So, like, her performance just blew me away. So, yeah, she's definitely earned my number two spot. 
my number three, I, I probably I'm going to give to Edward Norton. Like same reasons you said he was fantastic, makes a really good villain. Um, he just kind of has like a a skeeziness to him. He does like just that natural, just like I don't really trust you <laughs> but <laughs> he has like a like a charisma about him that like sells it that's yeah. like the the character that he's playing like is like the rich richest of rich but he's just purchasing all this stuff that's making him more and more and more money yeah and he just sells that like and I, I I wonder if he, this was on if this was done on purpose, but it felt very at least from what we know of what's happening now, it feels very much like he was trying to mimic Elon Musk. It did straight up, <laughs> dude. Like I hate making that comparison, but when he was just like talking, like oh my gosh, like this dude's just dumb like he just somehow talked himself into getting like all this money like building built this wealth out of off the backs of people that like worked hard for it and then just manipulated his way into purchasing more and more resources that just made him this this powerhouse of a person but the dude's a freaking idiot (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and especially like before I even saw this movie, that's like stuff I was hearing about Elon that he didn't start Tesla. He just bought into it and marketed it okay enough to make some money off of it and then just did the same thing with a bunch of different stuff. He hasn't invented shit. Yeah. <laughs> like he's working off of the backs of people that actually know what the hell they're doing. And yep. so just making that comparison was kind of funny for me. And it was just like, it was hard not to see Elon. So, you, you know, that, no, that, that, sorry, I was just, I was, I was reading Miles Braun for a second. Um, and, and I was just like thinking like, you can't spell Elon Musk out of that, right? <laughs> I don't think so. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I forget what that's called. Like, when you use, uh, like a hidden, like, scrambled name. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. So I was, I, it took me a second to figure out that that wasn't what they were doing, but I just saw, like, Braun with Elon. <laughs> Just kind of <laughs> rhymed, so I'm like, is there a connection there? <laughs> but anyway, yeah, l- great performance. Um, my number four, I'm actually going to give to Kate Hudson, who plays Birdie right. J. I Hell thought yeah. she was hilarious. <laughs> she, yeah, she was fantastic. <laughs> she she's amazing. I love Kate Hudson. Like, there's been I haven't seen anything with her that I haven't liked to some degree. I would agree. 
Yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. Like, I'm going to check her IMDb real quick just to see if that's like a hundred percent true. <laughs> um. Okay, her known for is yes. Yeah, I think I'm confident enough to say say that. I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'll say that. There is there hasn't been anything that she's been in that I've seen that I have disliked. I think Kate Hudson is an absolute treasure and she kind of plays the ditzy really well. This is true. Um so I love that. She kind of had like a a bit of a jealous streak too. That was interesting to see her portray. <laughs> like I love that she's like, oh, I'm going to go for a swim until she sees uh whiskey come out of the or like walk down and she's like, "Actually, I think I'm just going to stay out here." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I thought she's she's so good. I freaking love her. So yeah, giving her number four. Very nice. All right, what are you giving acting? I got to be in the nineties with this one too, because even though I I read off my top four, that doesn't mean that the rest of like the main cast wasn't great as well. They were all great. Um, I think I might be like a little lower than my uh, story and writing. So, but just like a little bit, so I'm going to go with 92. I'm like really freaking close to cracking 90 with acting, but it wasn't quite there. Um, I feel, I think a lot of the playful acting was a little weak. Yeah. Um, Almost, it almost felt like they were told to rift or not rift riff off of each other and it just kind of felt not super genuine especially for people that were supposed to be like lifelong friends or college friends or whatever like it felt like they shouldn't have had like such an awkward energy about them but once they started getting into like more serious conversations that's where like their acting ability shone that's a good uh, point. Yeah. So I'm going an 89 for acting. Okay. Like yeah. I said, just barely didn't crack 90. All right, moving on over to character development, which this is kind of hard. Um. So how how would you suggest we do character development? God, I don't even know. Um, uh, Murder mysteries are hard because it's like they are. It's, like they do work well with like character growth, or they it, they don't they don't focus too much on character growth. They focus more on like the motivations and and everything. So maybe this could yeah. be like. Another one that we do logic for. Okay. That um, works. Like we do with horror movies, but I think that just kind of seems to work a little bit better than development, because no one really developed as a character. 
That is true. Yeah. Like, no one really learned a lesson or anything. It was just all... Like, trying to figure out who done it. It's true. It's very true. So, um, if we if we're talking logic wise, wasn't half bad. No, no, it, it really wasn't. Honestly, yeah, I think they were able to develop a really good motivation for everyone wanting Andy dead. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't even a part of the group, and I wanted him dead. Huh. No, not Miles. No, I'm so... Yeah, I was... <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's rewind and pretend that I actually did comprehend what you just said, and I'm not, not a freaking idiot here. Yeah. It, like, I felt like, even though I really highly suspected that it was Miles... Yeah. Um I did feel like um they did give enough of a motivation for everyone to want Andy dead in some way shape or form. It's true. But it's I don't know. It 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 was kind of almost too hard to believe. I think they needed some stronger motivations for some characters wanting her dead, so it seemed a little bit more plausible. Yeah. Like that someone would would go and pull that whole stunt off. But I think as soon as I saw the red letter or the like the email that I was highly suspected um, it was going to be Miles. Yeah. Because it just seemed like the, my initial reaction was thinking like, oh, like I, actually it was once we learned what was in the, the, the letter. Once it was like, oh, it was the original concept for this company that Miles runs. Okay. That seems like something Miles wouldn't want. <laughs> true. <laughs> Very true. Like every like the motivation for everyone else seemed a little bit more on the weak side, where they're just like, "Oh, they just want to suck up to Miles." Do they though? Yeah, <laughs> it seems like they all kind of yeah. hate him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was really funny how that worked. Yeah, like th- they all hated him, but yet they still accepted his invitation to come to his glass onion in Greece. Well, I think in that situation, because he was like financing most, if not all of them, in some way, shape, or form. So that is it, true. It, I think they showed up more out of a sense of obligation than anything. Yeah, fair enough. You got a point there. So, I mean, logically speaking, I think they did a really solid job at keeping ev- like the motivations consistent like i said some were weaker than others um yeah. but i mean everything else that they pulled off was really well done so real no real complaints there yeah honestly i agree 
Um, I might be in like a 91 for that. Just how good that was. You know what, I'll match you. Alright, next up we got effects. This is unfortunately where the movie kind of takes a dive for me. That's, yeah, I can agree with that one. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Effects wise? Trying to think. Um, maybe I don't actually. Uh, so for me, it was the fire. Yeah. The fire looked like shit. <laughs> yeah, th- that did not look great. Um, how did you feel about the, uh, the arrow going into, I forgot his name. Uh, Miles? Miles. How do you feel that looked? I don't think it looked horrible, but it was supposed to be fake. So I wasn't, like, super upset about that. Yeah, fair enough. Um... I don't know what else to comment with. Like, that's, like, the biggest effect that I could think of. Was the whole arrow, and then, yeah, you bringing up the fire. Um, I don't know what else. I mean, there's stunt work, too, that that was... That's true. I mean, that looked pretty good. Yeah. Like, nothing too crazy in ways of, like, stunt work. But the... I have to dock for the... The horrible fire effects. It looks so freaking fake, dude. Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. The question is, though, how much are you docking? Not, like, a whole lot because of how small of a part the fire actually ended up playing. Okay. Um, I am not in the 90s anymore. I, yeah, I'm the same way. But I am still within like the 80s range i might be like low 80s like 83 ish maybe where like like, what are you thinking i'm like in the middle like 85 that's what i'm thinking for me yeah i'm going with 83 fair enough fair enough all right next up we got music which the soundtrack if i'm remembering right wasn't half bad no, it was pretty damn good. Yeah, a lot of it was like classical music. Um Yeah, most of it was was classical music, but they did have some like they had uh Take Me Home Country Road. Always a classic. Let's see, anything else? Uh, Starman. Oh yeah, that was in this movie. I kind of forgot. <laughs> what the hell? They what? had Batman. What? Yeah. Do you remember the Batman theme song playing? I do not. I don't either. Yeah, that's news to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Nothing too special. I mean, I, f- I do feel like they 
it worked like well with the scenes. Yeah. But it wasn't anything like spectacular. Yeah. Like, I, I might be like a seven. That's exactly what I was thinking. All right. And costumes. Uh, again, uh, nothing too special with these. I think the best costumes was freaking Daniel Craig's. Oh, yeah. Freaking <laughs> ascot for days. Pulled it off very well. If I felt like I could pull off the swimsuit that he was wearing, I totally would. You know what? Same here. <laughs> like, there's just something, like, somewhat classy about it that, yeah, like, just really strikes my <laughs> my fancy. But, again, I don't know if I could pull it off, like, whatsoever. Hey, you never know. I mean, you do have an excuse considering that you live close to a beach, so you should do it, man. True. I do feel like I would get some funny looks, though, because it was like full on romper, wasn't it? I think so. With like with a belt. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know if I have the confidence enough to even attempt that. I don't know. I think you could. And honestly, I, I feel that Brielle would be. She would definitely be hyping you up. She's like, she would make fun man. of me. Don't even what? lie. No, she'd be like, that's my man. Come on. Yeah, like behind, like, she'd Close, be like uh, down the the beach a little ways and be like, oh, which one? Not going to point him out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, dude, I am willing to bet you that she would laugh in my face if I even brought it up. Like, hey, how would you feel if I wore a swimsuit like this and showed her a picture of Daniel Craig? Okay, if you, if you do decide to actually bring it up to her, wait until I'm there because I have to see this in person. Deal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, um, other than that, like, I mean, there was there was that one, but everything again wasn't too spectacular or anything so i'm probably at a seven with this one too yeah i can agree all right last we got our own personal score such a great murder mystery i had such a great time with this one uh ryan johnson once again knocked it out of the freaking park when it comes to murder mystery um great cast daniel craig once again amazing as this character um I don't really have a lot of problems with this movie. I I really look forward to seeing his third murder mystery, which uh, he's already said he's already working on. Um, so yeah, um, you know, honestly, I think I'm gonna be the same as my story. I'm gonna be a ninety-three. Shit, that's pro. That's exactly where I was at too. <laughs> Hell yeah. Jeez. I I like differenti like when we differentiate on our scores a little bit, so it doesn't seem like we're like copying each other. But yeah, <laughs> hey, when one of us is right, we're right, right? Yeah, it, I loved this movie. I thought it was so much fun. I loved all of the the little tidbits that we would miss here and there. And like it gave us the ingredients to know the ending, and I feel like that's important. And it's like, hey, they revealed all of these things that we missed. Um, 
if there's anything that I can't stand in a murder mystery or just mysteries in general is when they pull these random ass clues where it's, where it's like, oh, we couldn't have possibly known that. Like, there's no freaking way. And, but where it's something like this where it gives us all the clues, it... I wouldn't say it holds your hand or anything, but it just kind of walks you through everything and it eventually leads up to a great reveal like that is just as satisfying as satisfying can get and it makes that with the incredible writing that ryan johnson was able to pull off as well as the amazing cast um like you said it very very little complaint with this movie so i will also be giving it a 93 which concludes this week's breakdown so going through the scores real quick uh starting off with story we are sitting at a very sturdy 93 uh writing jumped up just a hair sitting at a 94.5 acting is sitting at a 90.5 Character develop or for this one, logic is sitting at a very solid ninety-one. Um, the effects are sitting at an eighty-four, and that's mostly due to the fake-ass fire. <laughs> uh, music was was good; it worked well with with everything. So we gave that a seven. Costumes weren't much to gawk at. We also gave that a seven, and then our personal score averaged out to a ninety-three. So, with that, the final All Bros letter grade for Glass Onion has come to a B+. Okay, not bad. Yeah, I I thought it might score a little bit higher than that, but... Yeah, that's what I would have thought, too. (laughs) Yeah, um... Let's see, where is it? Oh jeez, well, it wasn't. It's actually <laughs> a little bit below Knives Out. No shit. Yeah. So, an uh, so Knives Out is at a B plus, which is the okay. score that we care about the most. But sure. when we're talking official ranking, um, Knives Out is sitting a. 1.1% higher. Oh shit. Yeah, so it I mean it's not much of a difference. It like yeah. I said, it's seriously a percentage <laughs> and like a little bit of change, but yeah. but still it it scored slightly below knives out. Wow. And just for shits and giggles, I'm going to go up to knives out just to see where it ended or like what wait was knives out one oh yeah that was one we did our system on okay so this is a okay i i love this comparison the story for knives out was exactly the same <laughs> we gave the writing a little higher. Wow. Uh, acting was lo- was lower. 
Okay. The character development was, or technically logic, was about the same. It was just slightly lower. The effects was lower. Wow. Jeez, music and costumes, we both gave a nine. Huh. I'll have to go back and listen to that soundtrack, because that doesn't feel right. <laughs> um, And then our personal score was lower at a 90. So, overall, our scores for Knives Out... Like the okay, I'm pretty sure like if we were to bump down the knives out music and costumes, it would have about it would be lower or about even, okay. yeah. Okay. Like just for shits and giggles, let's see. Oh yeah, it's like exactly the same score. <laughs> That's funny. Interesting, but okay. Anyway, um, so Glass Onion, in our hierarchy of movies, it's sitting at an 88.25, which puts it above The Invisible Man, which is at an 88.23. It is also above The Prom, which is at an 88.12. As well as Rhea and the Last Dragon, which is at an 87.81. It's above Parasite, which is at an 87.59. And then it is above How to Train Your Dragon, which is at an 87.5. Damn, it beat Parasite. Holy shit. Yeah, moving the opposite direction. It is below How to Train Your Dragon 2, which is at an 88.37. It's below Bros, which is at an 88.56. I'm okay with that. (laughs) It's below Halloween 2018. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's below Halloween 2018, Top Gun Maverick, and Luca, which are all at an 88.62. Damn, okay. Wow. Yeah, so great score for it yeah like fantastic score for it so i'm not upset about that whatsoever yeah i'm not either um so yeah that is where it is sitting all right uh well unless you got anything else you want to say do you nope okay well i would say that this uh that concludes this episode if you guys like what you heard and you want to hear more, be sure to follow and subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We are damn near everywhere. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, the whole shebang. You can probably find us wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, you can also catch all of our episodes on YouTube if that's your preferred listening platform. You can follow us on all of our social media where you can DM us with any ideas that you have for a movie that you want us to break down or uh, answer our question of the week. Um, and those are as followed. We got Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Albros, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at the Albros. Or um, if you prefer to, um, wow, contact us through email, uh, you can do so. Uh, we are the Albros channel at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to check out our website, uh, we got it at tinyurl, you, oh my god, tinyurl.com forward slash the Albros. 
Um, or if you want to buy some cool-ass merch, because the designs that Caleb makes are freaking incredible. Um, and they deserve to be put on t-shirts, mugs, and all that fun shit. Um, <laughs> uh, and you can find our store at tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash the Albros channel. Uh, next week, uh, we will be breaking down another Netflix original movie, uh, Matilda the Musical. Um, Was that Netflix so- only? Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. I thought that had like a theatrical release, too. It it was for longer than Glass Onion, um, but it's is still a Netflix uh movie. Okay. Since Netflix since Netflix you know got the rights to it. Right. Okay. Cool. Um. So have you watched it yet? I have not. Okay. Uh, Brielle and I were going to watch it soon. Okay. Cool. Um. I think I think I told you when I watched it. Just just know it is definitely not like the original movie like the Danny DeVito one but I feel that it works in its favor um, I might do a marathon where I wa- where we watch the first one and then the musical just so we get that side by should, side you should do that that's a really I, I like that idea so but yeah so you can uh, stay uh, you can look forward to that uh, next week but until then this has been the All Bros Podcast I am Jonathan and I'm Caleb And we will catch you guys next week. So long. Deuces.